everyone and welcome back to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. As always, your hosts, Michael Ramirez, joined by my boy Jacob Walraven. And uh, today we're recapping Tottenham's 3-2 win over Newcastle United. And Jacob, first off, how you doing, my friend? I know it's uh, it's going to be a lighter a lighter mood on the, on the pod, thankfully, but uh, definitely a, a solid win. You know... There's a few things that I'm thankful for, and I'm so thankful that even though Eric Dyer's atrocious own goal, we still managed to get the full three points. So big up to the lads. I mean, come on, you Spurs. This is what we asked for. Harry Kane opened his Premier League campaign. I mean, we saw some beautiful, beautiful offensive play that we'll dive into later. But, yeah, man, I'm just so glad we got another three points. We these are the opponents you have to. I mean, they're fighting relegation at this point. Yeah. To come out with one point out of that would be an embarrassment. Yeah, I definitely agree. First off, Tongi and Don Bad Boy with the opener um, for Tottenham uh, with the equalizer on the uh, on the game, though. Harry Kane, like you mentioned, Jacob, opened his Premier League account. And Hyung Min Hung, Hyun Min Son, Hyun Min Daddy. Daddy. Gets on the score sheet once again. And yes, my friend, yes. Uh, I'll ask you in a little bit, but I thought that this was just an overall great performance, a dominant performance, and it was fun to watch. You alluded to that a little bit earlier, and it it was fun to watch, man. It was awesome to see that free-flowing attacking football that we had grown accustomed to over the years. We had lost it for a few, but, um, you know, hey, you never know. Maybe it might be back. But uh, yes, my friend, 3-2 win. I know d- the dire own goal dampened the mood a little bit at the end there. But first of all, let's get into the starting 11. Um, I, I think that moving forward, I think this is probably our strongest 11 minus maybe one or two players in here. But first off, Hugo was in net. Emerson, Romero, Dyer, and Reggie um, composed the back line. Hoybier and Skip returned to that midfield duo. With uh, Hyun Min Dad, Hyun Min Hung, Hyun Min Son, Tongi and Don Bad Boy, and Lucas in the middle of the pitch with uh, King Kane up top. What did you make of this 11, Jacob? Obviously, like I said, man, I think this is a really, really strong 11. And I think maybe outside of Lucas, this is probably the no brainer starting 11 at this point. I'm going to have to defer just a little bit. I'm going to say right I think the now, other one was 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 dire. Just don't, don't get me wrong here. I, I know the other one is dire, but yes, the first one, first and foremost, Eric Dyer. We need to get this right. OK, I don't care. We need to start cycling through Sanchez or Joe uh-huh. Roden. Fucking Joey Road dong. You know what I mean? We we need to cycle and see some other options here because Eric Dyer ain't it, man. He can't even get on the end of our set pieces the way he got on the end of their set pieces. I mean, I don't care if you're caught in between two minds. Don't get me wrong. The man had a, I will say, one of his better games this year. And then the own goal happened. And it's so crazy to me because I literally thought to myself, wow, Eric Dyer is actually having a good game. Fucking I think we were save, all thinking that. <laughs> help save someone's life. He's playing good defense. The first mm-hmm. goal, you could argue, was not his fault. You could argue that that's Christian Romero's fault. Yep, I would agree. I'd argue it's our entire back line because if you watch the build-up play, 
we got shifted to the right then we got shifted to the left then back right then they crossed it and it was over so mm-hmm. yeah man i just think we need to get that sorted out i, I would like to see um uh, some joe Roden personally paired yeah. with romero i think that that would be a very good duo i think we saw that once this season in europa yeah, or was it carabao conference league mm-hmm. so i think for me that's something i would look at right now i would say bergvine isn't healthy um you you could argue brian hill has played with enough heart to to get some to get in there instead of lucas i mean i could hear an argument about it but to me lucas is our best right wing right now so no brainer i loved seeing the fact that they put tongi and domble kind of in that that high central role that we were wanting to see where he can he can play left, he can p- play right. He doesn't have yep. to do too much on defense because we have Pierre, Emil Hoybier, and Ollie Skip, which, in my opinion, you can't tell me there's a better defensive mid-pairing in the league right now. I mean, you probably could, but I ain't hearing it. <laughs> I ain't listening. You know what I'm saying? Because these two yeah. boys, I mean, come on. Come on. We didn't have this last year. Two years ago, we didn't have Hoybier. You know what I'm saying? This is something beautiful that we have in the defensive midfield. And, man, it's just really exciting. I do agree. 10 out of 11, this is our fucking no-brainer starting lineup going out, like, 100%. I think this is the one where – this is the one where I think Nuno's the most comfortable with. And you could really tell that he trusts this 11 because of the fact that he made zero subs in this match. I think that was – that was a little bit obviously it was very surprising to a lot a lot of us fans but yeah i think on one hand yes maybe it was stupid to not make any subs especially near the end um, of the match but on the other hand a lot of these guys are getting a lot more minutes in the premier league and it's guys who need the minutes in the premier league you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you we're talking about tongi and don big dick we're talking about christian romero we're talking about emerson as well remember these guys are still getting acclimated to the 11 um, but yeah, man, I thought it was a great performance. Um, first off to touch on something go. you were just saying real quick mm-hmm. before we, before we move on, I, I really agree that the reason why we didn't see the substitutions was, wasn't because we're just trying, I, I, in my opinion, I don't think it was Nuno being like, I don't want to fuck this up. So I ain't going to sub anybody. I don't think mm-hmm. it was that. I think it was, Hey, these guys just came back from international duty. I haven't had all these guys on the pitch for more than 45 minutes together. You know what I'm saying? And if this is an 11 that I'm going to be trying to push forward in the premier league, like that's, I agree with keeping them out there the full 90, give me all you got, show me what you got. Show me. This is the 11, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is the same thing that we were talking about when we were losing to Chelsea and Arsenal and palace was how can you expect, cohesion if these players don't get to play that often with each other the international break this being the second international break that doesn't help anything either so to me smart move i loved it i i didn't want to see now the one argument i would make was maybe bergvine five minutes just to get him out there Mm -hmm. or or like a brian heel or you know maybe even sanchez but man I, i love nuno after this game this was a great great showing um, he seemed composed. He didn't seem shaken by anything. And honestly, quite surprised the fact that young men and uh, uh, Brian Hill were actually in the lineup. Well, not Hill, but you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And we'll we'll get into it obviously a little bit later when we cover the the conference league match that we have this week as well. But um, yeah, man, I think that we're going to see some heavy rotation in this next match because I think with this being the strongest eleven, I, I think Nuno will want to rotate a little bit of this squad out. I think probably Kane and Son might still still start, but you know who knows. Um, Nuno, let's get into our man of the. Would you like to get into our man of the match? Yes. All right, I man want of the match time. I always go. I'm first. going first. Yeah, I want you to go first. This one, honestly, bro, this one's hard. But to be honest, I, I'm going to go kind of basic here, and hopefully, no one's upset with me. But you know, I'm a human. I'm going to go with Sergio Reguilon and Eric Dyer for their, uh, you know, their their swift actions and, um, you know, their heartfelt. I guess, emotion and, and sympathy for a Newcastle fan who collapsed in the stands. Regulon was the first one to alert the ref. Dyer got the, the paramedics out there to get a defibrillator. And uh, luckily the fan's okay. It definitely was a scary moment, though. I, I was very, very confused with what was going on at first. I, I think everyone else was who was watching on TV. But, um, yeah, thankfully that, that fan's okay. And uh, I got to give a shout-out to Reggie and Dyer. Performance-wise, I gotta go with Endon Bad Boy. Endon Bad Boy was so fucking good, man. Oh my oh god, god. Endon Long Schlong. So, uh, you know, overall, Reggie and Dire, but performance wise, I'm going Endon Bad Boy. What about you? Well, if we're going overall and we're going with the sentimental value mm-hmm. here, I'm gonna go with whoever the fan in the stands were that were yelling at the players because without that, you don't get that stoppage. And yep. for me, also, I'm going to put Pierre-Emile Hoybier in there. I mean, I can't imagine what he must have been going through. You know what I'm saying? This is something that he just saw this summer with yep. Christian Eriksen and uh, with the Danish team. So, man, um, that that was in my head while this was going on the, pretty much the entire time. Um, it was pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. Um, and then ironically, we kind of saw the best, the best goal team goal wise, um, during that, like, what is it? First half stoppage that we replayed mm-hmm. Yep. Um, after the, it was after the fact that the, the fan had collapsed mm-hmm. in like the 48th minute, 45 plus third. Yeah. Minute. Which also, you know, I hope they're all doing well. I thought it was a very good move, good move on the team and the league and kind of everything we saw circling around that. Um, I think I saw something on social media going around. Um, there was a guy who was actually a doctor who was the one who used the defib on the guy, and apparently that's what brought him back the second time oh, he used the defib. That's what I saw on Twitter. So take it for what it, for, at whoever the yeah. fuck. Shout out. Yeah, shout out our sources at whoever the fuck on Twitter. <laughs> um. So, but for me, performance wise, in Dom Big Dick all day, baby. That man, oh my God. he did some disgusting things. I don't think you're supposed to do. And here's the thing. I, you know me. Okay. You know, I watch these other premier league teams. You know, I got a couple of players with a couple of these teams that I'd be keeping my eye on that I like a lot. And so this is one of those games where I'm glad we played Newcastle because I enjoy watching a lot in St. Maximon, Allen, uh-huh. St. Maximum, whatever you want to call him. Like, I enjoy watching him. He's probably one of my favorite French footballers outside of Big Daddy Hugo. So for me, it was it was interesting to watch. And it was just like, 
oh yeah Tongi's a frenchman too and look what he can fucking do with the ball too you know what i mean it kind of made me like feel a little bit i've always been like why don't we you know go for someone like that a guy who can be a difference maker and for me it's like man we already got our french midfielder who can dance on the ball who needs Mm -hmm. the ball at his feet you know what i mean like we got that yeah so i love to see the performance from Tongi, the drive the 90 minutes man of the match easily yeah man i thought this was definitely one of his best performances in a spurs shirt of all time there's a few other ones that stick out especially that um that wonder goal against sheffield last season away uh that was incredible he he's had a handful of very very good performances and then he's also had his handful of you know not so great ones this was definitely a a gem man this was a gem of of a performance he he was just everywhere i felt like he i felt like he was playing further up the pitch but when he tracked back and had to kind of build up the play within our own half he was magnificent they couldn't keep him off the ball he's here he's there he's every fucking way tongue tongue that's just a little shout out to ted lasso show if you watch that um but yeah man Tongi, this is this was this performance is why you pay the 60 mil for him. You know what I'm saying? But look, I love him to death, and this performance was 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 great. It was phenomenal. Now we need it consistently. You know what I'm saying? I think that mm-hmm. that's been, you know, his I guess one of his Achilles tendons. I would say there's like two or three that he's got that are, you know. Well, he's got three legs, so he has at least yeah. three Achilles. Exactly. So, and consistency is one of those, along with fitness and, you know, staying, playing the full 90 minutes, which is a good point that you brought up. But we got to seek the consistency from Tongi mm-hmm. at this point, man. That's but, the next step. Yeah, man. Oh, magnificent. The turns that he was making, the tiki-taki balls in the midfield and and within our own half, I don't know if you saw that video where he just fucking mm. dusted two Newcastle players like, oh, oh, right next to our box. Oh, my yeah, just kidding. Just Let kidding. me fucking sauce you real quick. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, it's just not fair when he's out there. He's playing with three legs. Everyone else has two. It's just not fair. Tongi had a good, uh, a, fa- a fantastic match. Sonny had a fantastic match. We'll get into that a little bit later. But, Jacob, I want to I wanna talk to you about... Uh, about the king. The king. King Kane, baby. Yes, Harry Kane gets on the score sheet for the first time in the Premier League this season. Now, this was his longest goal drought to start a season since the 2015-16 season. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then to put that into perspective, we finished third in the league, challenging for the title. Oh, let's go. Oh, let's go. And... Who was who was leading the line that season? It was none other than Harry Kane. Let's and go. and look, man, I'm not saying that you know he's gonna win the golden boot or anything at this point, but I'm basically saying that he's gonna win the golden boot at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, would you I- like to guess? So, like I mentioned, sorry, I'll just this one yeah. one tidbit. Like I mentioned, it was his longest goal drought since that 15-16, the start of that season. Can you guess? How many goals he ended that season with? 26. Final answer? 27. Final answer. No, 25. Final answer. 
Let me pull it up real quick. I'm glad this ain't who wants to be a millionaire because if it was, I already gave how, how many, how many, how much money would you bet on your guess? Hundo. Well, it depends. Maybe 10 bucks. I don't know. I don't feel too confident right now. He scored 25 goals, my friend. 25. That's a hundo. 25 that season. That's a hundo in my pocket for my third and final answer. So look, look, I think this is going to be the start of, of just a, a, a goal machine that has awoken, if you know what I'm saying. That chip was, if you looked closely at that chip at his goal against Newcastle, you can see the third leg chip it over the keeper. I don't know if you if you saw that replay. It's only in slow. If you look at it, it. yeah, it's if you look at it real mode. close, you see the third leg chip it over the keeper. But yeah, man, it was kind of weird. It was like the I'm most gonna... anticlimactic goal. It got reviewed by VAR because it was initially called offside. And luckily, Newcastle's right back kept Kane on by literally like what? Like a dick length? Well, not a, not a not a Kane dick length, obviously. Well, here's the thing. And I will say this. Okay. I was so excited. Honestly, I didn't think it was a goal because of his expression afterwards. Yeah. He gave a little, yeah. Cause smile. he, he, he kind of like was, he kind of was like in a mood where it was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it, he, it's off, but Hey, that was still a nice goal. Right. And this it ended is, up being a fucking, an actual fucking goal. And it was a worldie. It was, word, dude, it was, it was so clean. It was so the, clean. The word that you used, I think was the best way to explain it. Cause it was exactly how I felt when I rewatched the highlights was how anticlimactic for such a nice cheeky goal dude it was so clean it was it was to me the cane i don't know if anyone who listened to last week's episode or shit two weeks now at this point we took a little wedding break but um i said in the villa game that harry kane of last season there's at least two chances i see him putting away in that villa game and this is one of those chances that harry kane if he's playing like he wants the world to see his third leg, well, by God, we're going to see that. We're going to mm-hmm. see that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it was very great to see Kane playing like, hey, y'all forgot. Y'all forgot. And I think I heard something come out of his camp or he did an interview or something was like, yeah, everyone's talking about my Premier League goals, but they forget like I've scored nine goals this year. Like I'm not out of form. I'm I'm yeah. still in form. He's like, so it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when, not if. So for I was me, gonna... I'm not gonna go and jump off the board right now and say that he's gonna win the golden boot, but I'm gonna say he's top three because he's shown us time and time again why he should at least be in that conversation for uh projected, you know, golden boot winners. Honestly, I think it's gonna be hard catching Mo, Mo Salah right now. The way he's playing, fucker. Yeah, he's definitely playing some good football at the moment. But hey, so is who else? None other than Hyung Min Son. And like we mentioned, he was the third and final Tottenham player to get on the score sheet besides Eric Dyer's lovely own goal. That was just beautiful. Set piece magician. Yeah, obviously. That's what he's known for. But yes, Hyun Min Hung, Hyun Min Dad, Hyun Min Son, Sonny, our son, gets on the score sheet again. And I'll, I'll let you describe the, the build-up play, Jacob, because I know you really, really love this goal. But once again, Kane to Son in the box. 
Kane with the lovely ball, Son with the lovely finish. I mean, first of all, we can talk about the perfect pass that King Kane put in to Youngman Daddy, who was in perfect position. They showed us all the beautiful things that we remember of last year and Mm -hmm. all the records they've been breaking and that they will continue to break together as long as Kane is with us. They showed us that. But what gets me more tingly in the pants is the fact that if you watch the build-up play, it's like Tongi, uh, uh, he puts a move on a dude. Next guy, uh, uh, here you go, Lucas. Lucas, he didn't even bring the ball into his foot. He knows that this guy's pressing on him. So what does he do? He taps it around him like an ice-cold vending machine, man. He just plop, pops it around him, runs around him, and then hits a through ball to Kane. I mean, that right there, I was like, okay, Kane's going to finish that. That was my thought. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought Kane was going to. I, I, you know, in this game, he could tell he had a chance to just open those floodgates. You, you know what I mean? Like, I think he played that way to me that he felt like he'd go get two, go get three. If he, you know, if things laid out right, which we yeah. almost did in the second half, like there were multiple chances where we could have scored. Um, but geez, Harry Kane, one of, one of his best assets, if, not being the cock rocket magician he is, is his ball is just his passing, his yeah. his intelligence and his vision. It's just man, we if I know I've been on the train of like we should have sold him for 130 if we got 130 for real. I know I've been on that a little bit, but it don't matter. We sold him for that, and we brought in anybody. They don't have. Harry Kane vision like that. Like we uh, saw he's I mean the technique, the the flair, exactly the power even behind on his, his shot. Chippy, his chippy goal, even on yeah. when he's not fucking the flare, baby. 60 G's on it. Like the sauce. It's called the one, sauce. He took one look at where that keeper was and was like, I'm flicking this over this motherfucker. And he cooked it. He cooked it up. He splattered on that spicy Popeye sandwich. You know what I mean? Like it's that cane sauce. You know mm, what I'm saying? It's I not raising cane canes. Sauce. It's Harry Kane sauce. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can't raise what's already been raised. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I uh but yes, the finish by Sun was also class. And let's let's talk about it, man. Hyunmin Sun, another solid performance. And I think more than anything, it's it's all about him and Kane getting going at the same time because we saw what they could do last season. We've seen what they could do the past five seasons. We know that. But specifically when they're in form and they're firing on the same cylinders, when they're in that same synchrony, oh, my God, it's beautiful to watch. And I think this is the type of game that kickstarts something magical, man. I'm telling you, I, I'm just I'm feeling something right now. I think Kane's going to be going off. And who knows? Sonny might be behind all of those uh, all of those goals that Kane scores. Now, our vice next, versa. Our next Premier League opponent is West Ham. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just because of what they did to me last year emotionally, I have a hard time saying we should go in there and fucking rock this joint. But really, we should go in there and fucking rock this joint. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a good point that you brought up earlier. Like, we are a good team if just Harry Kane is firing or just young men's son is firing young men, daddy, young men, long, long, like we're a good team because they're great players. They're world-class players. Right. But man, when both of them are firing, 
fuck, it makes us feel this way, right? It makes us feel like something's something's happening and it's just something's getting stiff and it's in my <laughs> pants. Hey, there's more than one thing getting stiff around here. This is worldwide, <laughs> baby. So I'm telling you, man. It's just, I, I'm hey, we're we're it, just like Kane and Son. We're we're on the same wavelength right now, man. I'm I'm telling you, I'm feeling something magical coming up. Like either bro. Kane is just gonna take everyone's fucking balls and shove it up their asses, or Sonny's gonna be coming out. He's gonna be smiling, and everyone's just gonna love him, and he's gonna score a whole bunch of goals. You know what I'm saying? Picture perfect, Hyunmin Son. Perfect, man. I'm telling you, I was watching when I first started putting these highlights on. It was just like, you're right. I just feel some man, like watching us when we're working and we're doing, we're doing well, like there's something going on and I love to see it. I love just. Kanan son firing end on bad boy humming in the midfield. And then the other player that I wanted to talk about specifically, um, is I think our best defensive midfielder, Oliver Skip. I'm Ollie. telling you, best holding midfielder, dude. I think at this point he might be better than Hoybier. And I mean that in the most respectful way possible. I'm just telling you, we've got a star boy on our hands, bro. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, Oliver I'm, Skip is the real deal. No, the real this. deal. No, we've we've known this. We've said this since before the season started when we were getting him back from Norwich. Yep. We called this. Okay. But what makes him so good is Pierre. And what hey, makes Pierre I respect even, it. What makes Pierre even better is Ollie Skip. Ollie Skip. It's I'm not there's no slag given, you know what I mean? I'm one hundred percent being genuine when I say them two together, it's so fucking beautiful. Like it's just like when you, when you see two beautiful dogs, one's a little bit younger and one's just like, man, this is how you fetch. One's holding it down swim. and the other this, one's just kind of, you know, he, he's he's taking his strides, you know, growing into his role. And we're seeing him starting to take off. And that guess what? That's giving Pierre liberty to do. Now he can push forward and he mm -hmm. can look forward rather than just playing it side to side and back and forth because he knows, OK, Ollie Skip's going to do what I would fucking do. And I mean, we even saw it. He got a goal against Villa, right? And then he even took a wizard fucking shot in this game. He didn't hit the target and it was a grounder the whole way, but it whizzed. Hey, it whizzed by. So it's allowing Pierre, you know, a little bit more freedom. And I think we're going to see some little creativeness because he's a little bit like Kane in the sense of his vision. Because if you, if do you look at the first goal or the, the Harry Kane goal, the cheeky, the chip yep that's pierre Emil hoiberg's vision you know what i mean so like man i just we do you can't no one can fucking tell me we don't have the best two defensive mid pairing in the league don't tell me i think right now i still and i i want to talk about this a little bit later but i still think we need an attacking midfielder to challenge like really challenge end on bad boy and get the best out of him. Like kind of like how we saw with Aurier last year when we brought in uh Doughboy and Tanganga was starting to come in, uh was starting to come through. He got a little uncomfortable. I think that's going to be a good thing for Tongi. You know, get him a little bit uncomfortable, keep facing him with a new challenge every week. 
and like I said, we'll get into it in a little bit. I, I want to talk about January because I think that it exposed some of our flaws and what I think we, we do end up needing in this next transfer window. But I think right now, man, the midfield's solid. I think Deli Alley is a good rotational piece off the bench. Definitely doesn't need to be starting games at this point, unfortunately. Um, you know, and then you have other players holding it down um, on the bench as well. I think right now, that that midfield trio of of Tongi and Skippy and Hoybier, it's undroppable. But I think you need to add someone to challenge Tongi's spot. I really do. I think we've but seen right now, man, of, it's beautiful. I think there's a little bit of challenge, not just because of Deli Alley, but also the the way in which we use Brian Heal sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he's on the wing. Sometimes he's kind of playing in that role that Tongi we've seen play. I'm not saying that he's challenging for that position. But you got to know that Tongi sees this guy and that, you know, the fan base is like pretty fucking excited about Brian Heal. Yep. Man, I love it. I do agree. I would like to see, you know, unfortunately, the renaissance of Delhi is not underway. presently. Not coming to fruition, sadly. I I don't want to say it's completely over because if we see some more bikey kicks and I mean, hey, he posted a selfie. He was in the gym yesterday. And he needs he to be was, on the training pitch, bro. Just working on his fucking technique. I, I was gonna say, I don't know if he needs to be lifting weights. I know he needs to ball no. at his feet and learning how to stay upright with it. That was that's just me. But at this point, I agree that our mid, our eleven. I'm gonna say ten out of nine out of the eleven positions are undroppable at this point. Yeah, maybe eight if you count when Tanganga's if Tanganga gets to come back and try out that. Because I think we saw a little bit of shakiness from Emerson Royale, but again, I thought he still had a good game, man. He, he there was some the, moments, there was some moments, that, but overall, right? overall, I think he's just trying to get more comfortable to the league. He's exactly. he's adjusting, dude. I like Emerson. I, I think love. I've said it from from the jump that he came in with that Lucas Mora, Eric Lamella energy. Like I'm gonna fight my ass off for this badge, and he's happy yeah. to be here. You know what I mean? He's not like, oh, I've been He's here. grateful for the opportunity. Yes. And he, man, he works. And that's the thing. I think that first goal, it all started because of a mistake that he made, right? But I think it is. He's like, I mean, it's the same thing we've always argued for Tongi, right? Is like you, you pull a fish out of the ocean. It doesn't, not all fish work in salt and fresh water. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's just one of those things next year. I think Emerson Royale will be solidified like our best right back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once he's comfortable and he's gotten, I mean, once we get this fucking back four figured out, bro, there's, we can do so much. We can do so much. Speaking of the back line, um, we already talked a little bit about Dyer. I did want to talk about Romero. Um, obviously the first goal, Callum Wilson's goal, I felt was pretty much for the most part on Romero caught out of position, didn't really, you know, fight Callum Wilson for the ball um, in the air. I thought it was a a little bit of a lazy play by Romero, but dude, honestly, other than that, I know obviously, you know, it's, it's a goal, you know, it's not a a tiny mistake that was fixable, but outside of that, I thought he had another solid game, man. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's definitely, he definitely has his moments right now. And maybe it's kind of like how we were talking with Emerson still growing into the league, still growing into the system, um, getting used to you know the rigors, um, but I thought he was good again. 
And I think we just need a rock at the back next to him. I really do. I think once we, once we find a, a formidable, like genuine partner for Romero, we do, I think we have it. His number's 14. Not yet. Not yet. Numbers he, I think he's too young. I think, I think Rodin's too young with do all you, due respect. Have you seen him with the Wales team? I know. I know. But he's I think we need a, stud. I he's, want a world-class center back. back he's there. the Welsh Gareth Bale of the defense, man. That's just my opinion. I'm, um, I want to see I like name. Rodin, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's ready for, he ain't you know, to be to be the starting. He ain't putting that in the net. I know, I know. I'm not that. saying that he shouldn't Sanchez be starting would've... right now. I would start him over Dyer and Sanchez at this point, but I still think we need to sign a center back man this winter. We do. Would you like yeah. to? Would, would you like to get into this January window talk real quick before per- we? Perfect segue. Slightly, but slightly uh, preview the Vitesse game in the Europa Conference League. Yeah, I I don't All right. disagree. So so look. I still think our immediate needs, which has been exposed within the past few weeks, we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast as well. I still think we need an attacking midfielder to challenge end on bad boy, and we need another center back. Along with those two positions, we need a fucking backup striker. With all due respect and all love for Dane Scarlett, he's not ready yet to be the backup to Harry Kane. And we've already said this. Backup striker attacking midfielder and a center back. I would also like a winger just in case, because as you've, as we've seen in the past few weeks, Bergvine went down, Lucas went down slightly and suddenly it was just Sonny and Brian Hugh. And what if Sonny had missed this past game with a positive COVID test? Thank God he, he tested negative, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's international breaks still coming up. There's international breaks throughout the rest of the second half of the season. I, I think we need one more winger for cover. You know who's still out there on the wing? Ready? Waiting for Adama Traore. And you know what? I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I don't want to cash out like 50, whatever the 50, 60 million price tag they put I on his head was. 50 is worth it, bro. 60, <sighs> maybe not. 50? I can't go above 35. I wouldn't go above 35. I'm sorry. Maybe 40. If this FIFA, I'm doing a hundo. But in real in real life, in real life, sixty is my cap. I go. I wouldn't go over sixty. Fifty five is like the money for me. I mean, I just think the quality he brings. Or if you want to go a little cheaper, fucking give him Deli Alley with it. We can have Deli and Winks. Give us Troy. Yeah, you know what I mean. What are, who who are your targets for January at this point? From what you've seen so far this season. At this point, I'm gonna say every window Adama Traore is in my targets. Every window, that's just personally. Yeah. But I do agree. Unfortunately, we should, if if we want to be a top four team, we need a fucking stud next to Romero. You know what I'm talking about? Like a scrinny R. We need like a one of them dudes that's gonna. Eric Dyer's just not gonna take us there. Sanchez is not gonna take us there. I'm only screaming about joe roden because fuck i mean only things i've seen from him have been pretty pleasant so i just i just don't see him making the mistakes that sanchez and dyer makes so yes if we want to be a top four team that has to be our number one target along with our second priority which is a backup striker because when we're in the thick of it man we're gonna need someone to relieve harry kane 
You know what I'm saying? Harry Kane can't be playing two years straight of football with no breaks. Like, we do need a backup striker. You're right. Dane Scarlett's just not ready. Um, and I don't know, attacking midfielder, I think you either get just someone as an attacking mid. But we kind of did with Sar, so I don't see – I don't see us going out for another winger, unfortunately. Maybe like another another um, attacking midfielder, like you said, I think. Yeah. What about the back line? You still want a center back or no? You're, you're going to ride with Roden? I mean, if we got money to – I mean, which we should – well, we still have what the eighty or ninety million that we were about to cash out on Lotaro Martinez. I think the money's there. Shit, give me Skriniar, bro. I mean, he wouldn't come. He wouldn't leave Champions League football for Conference League. But give me like a Kunde or something, man. Fuck. He already he already said no. I know. Kunde already said no. I would love Kunde. I would love Skriniar. I would. Fuck, man. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll probably sign someone like very basic, fucking 15, 20 million. Yeah. You know, Sometimes maybe someone who's not too, too expensive. Yeah. And it'll be the same fucking thing. Dyer, Sanchez, Roden and XYZ. So yep. honestly, this, this next transfer window, I don't know how much we're going to do. I don't, who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. Honestly, I would have loved the Lataro Martinez signing like i would have i would have loved that also not just because i think he's a really good player because i've been keeping an eye on him since um you know since we talked about him on the pod and mm-hmm. we thought we were gonna sign him but he looked good in fifa too have you seen him yeah he I've looked good him. in fifa they got his tattoos and everything he looked nice yep and i mean he's pretty young right he's like what 24 25 yeah he's not old so could be a nice investment for the future, especially if Newcastle come knocking for Kane. Yeah, it remains yet to be seen. Uh, real quick before we end the pod, a uh, quick little preview to the Europa Conference League match that Tottenham does have this week against Vitesse, the Dutch the Dutch team Vitesse from the Eredivisie. Um, currently in third place in our group, obviously Tottenham is, uh, like we mentioned, on the last year conference league pod, we are tied for first with Ren, um, the, the team that we did draw against in the first match of group play, but it's going to be an interesting one, man. I had already said it previously a little bit earlier on the pod. I think there's going to be some heavy rotation in this 11. I think we're going to see Deli Alley. I think we're going to see possibly Harry Winks. I think we're going to see Lo Celso again. I think we're going to see Bergvine as he starts to get back from his injury. And the really the only players that I'm kind of questioning whether or not they're actually, you know, going to play significant minutes is um, Hyung Min Hung and King Kane. I think personally for me, we can get into our predicted 11s real quick after we, uh, after we talk about this, but um, I'll be interested to see if Nuno does start Kane and son maybe in the first half and then brings them off at halftime or some shit like that. But uh, yeah, man, I think we're going to see like Ben Davies, possibly Tanganga. I think this might be the chance to see Roden start. I think Romero probably will get a, a little bit of a rest after the Newcastle match, possibly see what Sanchez, maybe Dyer again, and then Galini. But 
It remains to be seen, man. What are yeah. you looking forward to in this match? Man, I'm I'm looking forward to some more Brian Heal. I want yeah, to see Brian some Heal more too. Yep. offensively. Um, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Ryan Sessegnon. I'd love to hear that he worked himself back from the injury that apparently has kept him out for X amount of time. Yep. Um, but for me, I'm I'm more I'm more looking on Premier League. I try not to look past these games because this is still an important game, right? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. If That's we, why we're doing a quick preview on the pod. Yeah, it's just I don't know much about the opposing team, so it's hard for me to say, like, oh, I've seen this guy, I've seen that guy. I did mm-hmm. see that their stands fucking collapsed, which was kind yeah. of funny. That was and, kind of funny. I mean, everyone was safe. So everyone was safe. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why it's kind of let's funny. get let's get that let's get that right out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because they right after it collapsed, they continued celebrating. It was pretty pretty entertaining to see. Um, now, I will say, I want to not see King Kane and Hyungman Son out there. I don't want to. Now, do I agree that what you said will probably happen? Yes, I think. We could see what you're saying, or it could be the flip side where they don't start. They come in at halftime just to make sure we win the fucking game. You know what I mean? I could see that being the case because when you go out there with Ben Davies and Harry Winks and Sanchez, and I can keep going, but when you and probably Daugherty, Dog Herty, Dog Shittery, Doughboy, whatever you want to call him. We'll be seeing his ass. Fucking doughboy. But that's why I think you you'll probably see Kane and Son come on. I'm excited. I want to see Bergvine get the start and I want to see him and yeah. Heel do some gangsta shit. You know what I mean? I want to see them show the fuck out. I want Bergvine to show everyone why we don't need a winger, why we are okay without Domitrori. And he showed us that when he played a Domitrori. So yep. I'm, I'm, he definitely those did. Are, those are the things I'm looking forward to. Just some weird right. action and starting eleven, predicted eleven. I'm putting you on the spot. What you got? I got Europa Galini. Conference League match day three. I got Golini and Golini, and then I got dog shit on the right back. Really, Doughboy starting? Yeah, okay. I think we're gonna see Doughboy, Tanganga, Roden, Davies, Winks in the midfield. Unfortunately. I think we'll see Delhi. I think I feel like there's a there's a, a midfielder I'm overlooking that'll probably be paired Lo up with Wings. Lacelso. Yeah, you're right. There we go. So I'm gonna say Wings Lacelso. Um I, I still feel like there's gonna be another, you know, maybe one of them young kids come in and plays with Wings. That's maybe. And then I think you got Bergvine, Heel, and uh, Scarlet. I think he's going to get the start because we don't have another. That's assuming what I said before is correct, that Kane doesn't uh-huh. start. But, I mean, if you bring him off at halftime, who starts for him? So, yeah. What about you? What's your 11? I'm going Mr. Galini and Net. Tanganga right back with Sanchez and Roden in the middle at center back. Davies at left back. I'm going to go Lo Celso. Skip. Deli. Heel. Bergvine. Kane. I think Kane starts. 
Dane, I don't think Dane Scarlett really did enough for me. I mean, he didn't have the, you know, obviously the best service in the world in the last conference league game, but I don't know if he's going to be cutting it for Nuno at this point. I think Nuno's going to go with Kane and possibly bring on Scarlett at halftime. Okay. I mean, I can see it both ways. I can definitely sympathize with what you're saying because I agree. We haven't yeah. seen enough from him in the starts and in the minutes that we have seen in the this this year. But, man, you got to think that these games are like – kind of bread and butter for those guys right I, I i like the skip i like the skip in um inclusion in that because i think you you could be onto something there because it is one of those hey these guys are young let's get them some minutes you know i sacrificed winks for the good of mankind i unfortunately skip. think it's probably gonna be winks and skip really and yeah, with pro- los who's gonna get benched then los Celso or deli uh deli or does Delhi play on the left again like he did in the last game he played? I could see that to that way alleviate having to put Sun out there to start. Man, Delhi used to play out there on the like left central attacking mid role at his peak. Good times. Good times. Any final thoughts, my friend? Come on, man. I loved it. I love what I, we've seen. We're just building a little something bit, great. A little bit of momentum right now. That's two Premier League wins in a row, three total. In the last, what, week and a half? So, hey. Three on, three off, three on. So. Hopefully it it's three? not three off again. Yeah. Wait, have we won three? Yeah, Since with the conference, the with the last conference league oh, match. Okay, okay. That's, that's yeah. what I got. I'm, I'm, in, I'm including the conference league match. Mm. Yeah, fuck it. That's a dub. Yep. Oh, man. I really hope we win, not only on Thursday, but we do have a big one on Sunday. We'll get into that after we uh, we recap the, the Vitesse match after Thursday. But I'm just telling you right now, man, Sunday's going to be huge against West Ham. It's a derby, and the lads better be up for it. But until then, we will see you guys on the next pod where we recap the Vitesse Europa Conference League match on the road, and uh, we will be previewing the the London Derby between West Ham and Tottenham Hotspur. But until then, please follow us on Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube, and wherever you get your Spotify uh, you know, apps from. Whether it's Apple, Android, Spotify, Apple Music, follow Google, us. Appreciate you. Whatever. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> you. But yes, thanks for listening to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast, everyone. As always, your hosts with Jacob. I'm Michael. We'll catch you on the next one. Up the lads and Jacob. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.